What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Chris Hodder. He joins us via Skype from his home and studio in Los Angeles. He is a badass artist and amazing martial artist as well. Um, we've been able to uh, spend some time on the mats together and do a couple events. We get into that on the show. Uh, this episode is sponsored by our friends over at Float SD. Uh, you could check them out at floatsd.com. That's F L O T S D.com. It's the O with the little line over the top of it. They're in downtown San Diego, pretty close to Little Italy, right on the Santa Fe train line, uh, right next to the train line depot there. You can call them 619 855 3568. To get some information or just go to the website, floatsd.com, F-L-O-T-S-D.com. Um, you've heard me talk about the float tanks on the podcast before, and uh, all the Rogan fans who also listen to the podcast will know uh, the the tanks that they have in uh, down at Float SD are the same ones that Rogan has in his house, and I believe that the it's the ones from Float Lab up in... Um, uh, Venice Beach, I believe. Go to the website, check it out. You can see all their pricing. They have really good prices. You can get some like block deals and get a uh, really good price per hour. Um, it's really good for healing your body. It's good for healing your mind. It's good for expanding your uh, consciousness on some levels. I would check them out. Uh, you can also go to their Instagram. It's underscore F-L-O-T underscore shit. Let me hold on. I got to pull up the Instagram so I don't make a mistake. It's underscore F-L-O-T underscore. So you can see some pictures of uh, the space down there. There's a little tutorial about their filtration system and all the like sort of cleanliness aspects of it. They are the first uh, float tank space to uh, abide by all the new like city standards for the industry since it's fairly new as a... Uh, you know, as a public industry. So go check it out. It's a, it's a really cool experience. Get, get a block of three because it takes the first one. You kind of, you kind of get used to how you float in the tank. You get used to, uh, how your body balances, where you get comfortable. And by the time you get like fully comfortable, you, it, you know, maybe you, it's time to go already. So it takes a couple. So get, get a block, tell them the podcast sent you and, uh, give them a follow on Instagram and, uh, say hello and a uh, big shout out to them I, I appreciate their their sponsorship of the show and their support i'm going to go down and get some floats on hopefully this week <clears throat> i gotta give them a call and uh schedule some time to get down there and get my relaxation on because i work too goddamn much um if you want to help me out in that aspect you could donate to the podcast uh go to mikemaxwellart.com click on the podcast link you'll find a link to paypal there uh it'll be a donation page Drop a little dime, drop a nickel, drop a twin. I want to get the podcast making $1,000 a month. Optimal goal. Okay? So if you can help out, uh, go ahead and do that. Um, if not, it's okay. The show's always free. You can download it over at iTunes. You can find it on my website or the Stitchers or whatever. So um, let's jump right into this thing and uh, give Chris a call. Don't forget to follow me at Mike MikeMaxWart. I keep forgetting to promote my own self. Actually, this whole thing is a self-promotion. What the fuck am I talking about? 
But follow me anyway on all the social medias. Shout out, Producer Lex. All right, let's give Chris a call. What's up, buddy? Mr. Chris Howder, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Did I get your last name right? Every dude, everybody I have on the show has. Yeah, that's Howder. That's it. Oh, nice. Is it uh, Dutch? German? German. German, yeah. So first, I want to uh, thank you for taking the time to uh, to come and talk with me. Uh, you want to turn your video on? Sure. Video is on. Yeah, it's weird. It's making me accept it. Like, I have to be okay with you sending your video to me. That's the first time I've seen that. Modern technology is so bizarre. It really is. We were just mentioning how, like, you know, like, I sort of act as producer, interviewer, uh, the HQ technician, you know, making sure all the levels are right. And yep. we're in an age where we're able to be sort of a little more self-sufficient in some, some new ways. Yep. It's, I, I, I mean, as an artist, clearly we're in the best times and the worst times, right? Yeah, dude, I, yeah, I, it depends on how you look at it, right? It, it right. could just be all good times. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, absolutely, it's like, there's such a a rich abundance of images material sounds out there things but to gather um it's easy to cheat with computers (laughs) but it's harder to make an original to keep an original to have any kind of ownership anymore yeah even oversaturation in that there's an overabundance of artists now absolutely and, you know, I it's funny. It, it seems like uh, there's been – and I, I want to say a generation, but, I you know, a generation usually is like a 10-year span of like a certain group of people. But right. I think there's more a generation of kids who were born uh, mid-60s, even up until uh, the late 90s, where there was a sort of do-it – or, you know, who grew up in that time period, let's say. Yeah. Uh, that there's a do-it-yourself mentality that maybe is the technology is now catching up to the sort of mindset that a lot of people have. Yeah, like I remember, um, like I kind of put art for art's sake down for almost 12 years. I went, it was like, I, I, I think I was 22 at the time. I had been clean and sober for just a couple of years or year and a half. And I, I, I met like a, at a, a junior college, kind of a semi undeclared officially, but really an art major, you know, just, and I re- remember just having this like pit of doom hit me like, <laughs> wait a minute. There's no money in art. My mom was right. I need a practical skill. Art should be a hobby. Um, I don't have any. I've, I've got just enough talent, but not enough ideas. I don't have a narrative yet. And and it, it, it's like it, it kind of seeped up through my subconscious uh, and suddenly hit me as I was walking across the uh, a parking lot. I had this really cool bronze casted sculpture I did, and I had to like um, – steal scraps of bronze <laughs> out of the thing. I didn't have the, you know, all the rich housewives whose husbands were like supporting their art thing. And it just, I remember like 
thinking, you know what? I'm going to get a practical skill, continue with martial arts, and put art on hold. And I didn't realize how long it would be on hold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As I did um, a construction, which is creative in a way that, like, kind of saps your art for art's sake motive when you just spent eight hours cutting crown molding it's like i don't want to make art right now i'm not in the mood i've been measuring and creating and cutting and painting and wood doping all day long and And sweating your ass off you know busting your ass yeah hard job and then i would train afterwards and then it's like i i just like again i didn't like consciously say i'm going to stop art but it really was 10 years at least until i actually got like back into art. I'm wow. like, I'm an, I'm an artist. That's what I want to do. That's what I really want to do. I need to start. And I went to, uh, um, are we live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're or, recording. Or, okay, cool. But um, if this is, if we're recorded and then I post it. I post it actually. This will go up next week. Okay. And then you, you'll edit out anything stupid I say. Yeah. Or throw it in there. I don't yeah. care. Or I'll like double it up. I'll play it twice. Fun. right on but then <laughs> um, so um when was it it was it was about six seven years ago one of my black belts sam crescent and i i had this graphic novel idea that kind of began i wanted to actually make uh an origin story of jujitsu in america and kind of changed the names to protect the guilty and, <laughs> and the innocent. Yeah. Um, and that kind of started me back in, but to illustration. And yeah. I started drawing it. And Sam Crescent, he, like me, loved art as a kid. He would illustrate and was kind of out of it. And then he got back in. And we've kind of had the, this ongoing off and on graphic novel project that's morphed and changed and both of our art skills have like skyrocketed in the eight years like i went and enrolled in a photoshop class at um, el camino college and Uh you you know i was the the old, old guy who could barely operate a computer and there's all these young guys who had all the skill but what i remember was realizing that like wow what I thought was like such talented artistry is a lot of it actually is the tools now. The a computer enables you to do so much and fix what you fuck up. Uh-huh. And in a very I, efficient way, too. In an efficient way, yeah. I don't have to get my hands wet with paint. I'm not smelling spray paint. I'm, I'm so I got really into that computer art for a while and i'm still into it and then i hit a stage where i'm like fuck i gotta make something real you know with my hands again and then i would sculpt and i would print and make the frames and then i just recently began inking the painting again and stuff and yeah yeah, i I mean so we you and i just met um in person i guess over the last year um yeah we we met up via uh, a group of guys who um, all do jujitsu and make art as well. Um, at Orlando's place. Yeah, out there at uh, yeah. Gracie Baja in uh, in Pasadena, or was it the yep. Flint? Ri- I think it was Pasadena. The Pasadena, yeah. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. And then we also just did a show together, uh, a jujitsu-inspired uh, show at the Seventh Letter Space yep. in, in Hollywood. Um, maybe we could jump back. Uh, I think, you know, I've been training for just about five years now, and I'm still kind of like learning the history as I go. Like it's such an uh, like things just sort of come to you as you progress in training. Like new stories yep. come up. Like it doesn't all just all the information is out there, but it just it doesn't come into your peripheral. Like I only just kind of realized that um, I'm in some way on the De La Hiva lineage line. In that oh, I come right through on. the Nogara line. Cool. And, yeah, yeah. And it's made playing De La Hiva guard just feel like something a little bit more special. But bit, so, yeah, yeah. I think I see you as one of the sort of OGs here on the West Coast uh, American black belts. Could we sort of um, jump back and, and get to know your history? You're in Los Angeles now, but did you grow up in California? I did. I grew up in the South Bay of L.A., um, I came of age in the late 70s through the 80s, um, so it was punk rock, uh-huh. 4th of July firework wars, <laughs> a, a, a lot of partying. I mean, with me, it was excessive, and um, I always loved martial arts. Like, well, growing up, I was the guy who was really into into all the Kung Fu movies that were translated and stuff. And, yeah. and, you know, I did Kung Fu and karate growing up and, and high school wrestling was like the bell went off, you know, I mean, embarrassingly, I admit that growing up, I got in a lot of fights. I, do I you, had some, I, you, I did. But, do you know why? Was it uh, an issue of like you you feel like you were defending yourself, or did you think you went out and found fights? Well, I kind of think that anybody who goes out and finds fights is under the delusion that they're defending themselves. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, right. And uh, I, I mean, really, you, you know, it's like I had my childhood. Um, I was like an insecure, the smallest guy in my class with a big mouth, and I didn't want to take shit. My nickname was Marty McFly <laughs> um, in high school after but Back to the Future. Um, and, you know, again, embarrassingly, I admit that I liked to fight a lot, and because I fought a lot, I got fairly skilled at it. Right. Um, I won most of my fights because I chose them well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is always know, important. <laughs> it's always, you know, a street fights, uh, the whole like self, the defense aspect of jujitsu. I mean, kind of if you're an adult male, self defense as a motive is pretty absurd. I, I mean, unless my job somehow like I'm a cop or security or a, a bouncer or I mean most time people do not attack athletic adult males <laughs> we're just not the the victim of of the type of action that requires self-defense yeah 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 you know what I say a lot what I notice and I, I tell people who are just starting out is that it's almost as if people who are bullies or people who are looking for victims 
And there was a Simpsons episode about how Lisa figured out, like, the pheromone that causes bullies to react. And Uh, I didn't see that one. And it really is. Like, there's almost this idea that, like, if you're in a gym training where you get that – even the slightest bit of comfortableness in being in a uh, precarious position, like if you are getting smashed on the bottom. Like, if that's something that you're used to, there is a minor level of – fear change that takes place that i think is is visible in a subconscious way to somebody who's actually looking for a victim in that uh, people are able to carry themselves with a confidence that they may not even recognize yet absolutely absolutely it's it's i mean almost like and if when i say this it could be pulled out of a con a text but (laughs) You, you know, like in a public where the victim is blamed because, like in rape a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, rape is always a crime every time. But there is definitely an element of whether you look like the prey or the a predator and projecting that. And, you know, it's... It, Again, you know, athletic adult males, when they fight in the first world, it's generally a duel. It's it's two guys have a piss off, whether it's traffic, a bar fight, uh-huh. um, whatever it is, they size each other up and they weigh out, Am is my honor that much on the line where I need to actually engage? And but depending on how much honor one feels they need to but defend <laughs> yeah. is is their willingness to engage in modern day dueling, which is usually a fist fight on the street, right? <laughs> That's like the but, equation, like you can plug in all the numbers of whether a fist fight is actually gonna happen based on all those <laughs> parameters. Yes, yes, all those but parameters. <laughs> and there's a, a multitude of them. Uh-huh. It's like, let's just say um, it's, you know, 1996, I'm a new black belt. I'm feeling confident back in 96, having a black belt in jujitsu was like having a an AR-15 and everybody else has a musket. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And let's say somehow a guy like let's say Hicks and Gracie or Hegan Machado is like really mad at me and wants to uh, uh, kick my ass. I'm going to yield. <laughs> you yeah. know what? And, but let's just say it's a guy who I know skills aren't that good. I'm going to go, what's up, bro? Um, <laughs> why are you, you, you know, I mean, so, so much of it really is we choose our fights. Yeah. We, and, that's why in a competition, part of it, which is why it, it, it's a, as our art show message was, it's a step into the void because when you uh, compete, you don't choose your fight. Right. You have no idea. You have no idea. Something else chooses the fight. And the guy may be way more skilled, a little bit less skilled, exactly even. That's that, that, that requires far more courage than picking the correct 
street brawl, sizing the guy. You, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so martial arts, as long as you – it's like my motto is, you, you know, we think street, we train the sport, and we practice the art. We train the sport because the sport keeps it honest in in a way that it's practical. You can train – you and I can roll, go at it, win, lose, or draw. We both learn. No one's really hurt. And we get to actually see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's a genuine laboratory of it. Of course – we have to limit things so the uh, competitors, practitioners aren't injured. You, you know, no eye gouging, no groin grabs, no this. For the sake of the art of grappling, we'll have no strikes. You, you know, everything is basically a a system of environment of controlling us. It, it, one of the greatest illusions in life, I believe, is that environment it is okay. environment is stronger than will always and we're under an illusion that our will trumps environment it's like when you watch some movie and there's you know someone in some situation that's like really brutal and they haven't eaten in days and they're freezing and they're I'm running we can always watch that movie and we'll go man if i was there i would have done this <laughs> yeah yeah but until you've had three days without food you've had very little sleep you have no idea how you will react yeah and i always think of like a road trip in that scenario like a road trip i always romanticize on like oh let's hit the open road and have an awesome time and then i think oh four hours in you've been in a car for four hours your legs hurt your knees are aching you're like i just want to get the fuck out of this car Exactly. It's, <laughs> or like when you drink really hard and you wake up in a blackout and will go and you have vague memories of that great idea you had to but, but let's cruise up to Hollywood at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's some really bad idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, yeah. I, it's funny. I was looking at jujitsu and thinking and sort of in this vein, like the difference in sports and in self-defense. But I look at it almost as if uh, it's like it's like two different languages that evolve from Latin to a certain extent. So, like, yes. I'll give you an example. Uh, um, I had just – I walked into – my buddy owns a bike shop, uh, which is actually right next door to the, to the Team Nogara gym. And they, they have a ramp in the back. And, you know, guys go back there with their BMX or their skateboards and ride for a while. And, you know, they wreck themselves sometimes. It's gnarly yep. to see people ride the ramp. And there was a guy just laying on the floor. And my buddy's like, hey, how you doing? I was like, oh, I think better than this guy, you know, because he looked like he had just wrecked himself or something. Right, and he right. was like, oh, no, I'm cool. I'm just resting. And I, he introduced me. And he was like, oh, you know, he does jujitsu too. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah cool or whatever. And turns out he was, uh, you know, I think maybe blue or purple belt from Autos. All of a sudden, he just rolls into Barambolo on the ground and goes to get my leg. Meanwhile, I go to attack the ankle. And it's this common bond language that he was able to, you know, like you were saying, like we could smash each other and then be able to, like, reverse back and kind of see the, in the laboratory what has happened and have it not be 
an emotional engagement in like anger and for a perfect stranger to be able to barambolo and like attack my legs while you know i was gonna attack his at the same time is such and have it not be not challenge the ego or um have it disrespect my honor or any any of those things have it be a completely mutual language respect is something absolutely and martial arts i i always use when i explain this and and i've actually written up all this in my in the graphic novel that i'm still working on but what I either use the water analogy in, in grappling, how if you can't swim being in water, you panic, especially if the water's deep. And then um, the, the like a blue belt is that you learn how to swim, you're comfortable, now you hop in the ocean, the waves are big, you panic a little bit, <laughs> but you don't really know how to relax yet while you're drowning. Yeah. And, and that... But transition into brown belt is where that win, lose, or draw, that that comfort in water, in drowning, that begins happening. That's my water analogy. And then my chess analogy, I liken it as like the white belt, the clear belt, has no idea how anything moves yet. And... When you, you're a white belt, you're, you're still kind of having to actually remember how each a piece moves. You know, oh, yeah, the knight jumps over. Is it just the pawn or it can jump over? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, a, a purple belt is is that magic belt where you know how everything moves. Instinctively now, it, it's locked the deep in the quote-unquote muscle memory of the brain. Uh-huh. Now it's like, how do I control the middle of the board, pull him into a trap and all that stuff. And that's like in a jujitsu purple belt is really that belt where you a transition from um, a hobbyist into it becomes a part of you. It'll never leave you again. L- like how you learn um, how to drive. You cannot drive for years, hop in a car and you know how to drive. And the, the the analogy of the jiu-jitsu and all grappling I like the best, all martial arts, is the analogy of language. It's, you, you cannot learn a language overnight. And it's like if the jiu-jitsu is Latin, say, or Spanish, obviously it's going to be easier but to learn if you have a natural aptitude but to learn on languages or in a grappling, you're naturally athletic. Or if you already speak one of the romantic root um, languages. Mm-hmm. So as a wrestler, as long as you're willing but to learn and humble yourself, it's like you know Spanish, so now I'm going to learn but Portuguese. Yeah. So it's going to be easier than if you know German going into <laughs> Portuguese. Yeah. Just like... It, it'll be easier to, it'll be harder if you have the exact same clone of a guy. One guy knows Spanish, the other guy, or one guy knows um, boxing, the other guy knows wrestling. Which one of those clones will pick up the jujitsu quicker? 
Right, the wrestler would, obviously. The wrestler will, yeah. because they're already aware of uh, of all that micro-fine body attuning yeah. that happens. And that's what, like, really happens from, like, purple belt into new brown belt is is that micro body adjustments and tuning. So language as an analogy is the best. And like learning a, a language, you cannot learn it overnight. You can't just learn it out of a book or watching stuff. You have to interact yeah. because grappling definitely, like as you were talking about, is a language and it's a communication. And you're communicating and connecting with your opponent. And if they speak the language, but it's really rudimentary or, or a lot of slang, or you it, might not. It's almost as if everybody sort of has their own slang version of the language, too. Yeah. It, like yeah. the way that styles change. Yes. Like, you could like I just rolled with a wrestler who has pretty much the most minimal amount of jujitsu knowledge, but has a large wrestling base knowledge. And I, like, yep. yeah, I could feel like I couldn't sweep him, you know, like yes. I'm trying, I'm doing the things that normally sweep people, but because he has that sub, uh, that, that foundation. Yes. Yes. You know, he, he's still able to translate, which is, it's, you know, it, it's, it's the thing. It, it's funny. Like I see it, even having people who are athletic, a, a thing I've noticed and I actually just talked about with a previous guest was that um, sometimes they're really good at whatever the athletic ability is before. Like I was really good at football when I was a young – like I, I mean I was a defensive guy, so I was tackling all the time. Right, Which right. It, when I translate it now, like shooting a double leg or shooting a single isn't all that much different from tackling. Like there's a lot of similar um, principles between the two. Obviously, Very much. And I found yeah. I would st when I first started, I was sticking my head and getting guillotined all the time because I right. didn't I didn't have to worry about it. I was getting my head up into the armpit and just leaving yeah, my head yeah, up there. Yeah. <laughs> but very, um, very sometimes, common. Sometimes guys who are really good at other things find the jujitsu challenge and feel like they're going to be good at it right away and realize like that's the first ego check right there is a that, lot of times yes. fucks with people. Absolutely. It, it, it's a huge ego check. It, when I began jiu-jitsu, it was 1988 in Horion Gracie's garage. So can we, and, run, can, can we, do, can we run down your jiu-jitsu history? Yeah, yeah. Here? Yeah. Um, the short version of it is I had been doing Jeet Kundo, Muay Thai boxing, really loved it, but... I was always a grappler. I missed high school wrestling. I was about six months out of my one off of my one and only pro Muay Thai fight, which I won, but it really hurt. <laughs> I but broke my shins. Oh. I, rem I remember I sat on the stool between rounds two and three. It was a, a Cambodian I fought, and and I I just remember my shins throbbing and thinking, God, this is painful. And um, Muay Thai back in like the late 80s was kind of the same magic that the, the jiu-jitsu was in the 90s. Yeah. It, it was like if you knew Muay Thai against K 
karate guys, kung fu guys, you would just fuck them up. Yeah. And I was just at um the lion fights this uh this past weekend. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, my buddy Marvin Madriaga yeah. knocked this dude the fuck. Well, I he TKO'd him, but I mean it might as well yeah. it, it was only a matter of time. But yeah. What a beautiful sport, but what a rough sport. And brutal. I'm so yeah, br- brutal. So I won that fight, um, and I decided I'm going to go back to wrestling. And I went to the El Camino College wrestling room to check when wrestling practice was. And I saw a guys wearing what looked like a karate geese rolling around on the mats. And it was Mitch Yamashita who ran the Aikido a club there and i'm like there's grappling in aikido and stuff and it, they were working on mountain escapes and i'm like mitz i don't think that'll work and he's like <laughs> why don't you try it and of course um you, you know he mounted me i like a wrestler flipped over to bottom quarter built a base rear naked choke and yeah. i'm like you know wait a minute that's got to be a fluke i'm gonna try it again you, you know and and i'm like wow i want to learn aikido and he goes, well, this isn't Aikido. This is a jiu-jitsu, a Gracie a jiu-jitsu. And technically, I'm not really allowed to even instruct it because back then it was very controlled. So he and, he had already trained the, – the gentleman was already – it wasn't the Japanese version of jiu-jitsu. It was already – Right. There. It was already and, – and he had been – but training for maybe six months and he wrote a number down on my math homework. And I looked at, you know, Rory on, he goes, it's but pronounced Horion. <laughs> and I like immediately went home. I called Horion up. He was a nice guy. Totally great. Grabbed my skateboard. He, he lived like eight blocks away, skated over there and signed up. And for 20 bucks a private, with you know it was Hoyce, Hegan Machado, who was then called Hegan Bo Gracie. Hickson was in and out of Horion's garage and I knew I'd hit the gold mine. <laughs> and it was like, wow, this is the martial art that I've been looking for my whole life. Yeah. And do you do you feel like you know, I'm not one like I usually don't believe in the idea of destiny, but it seems like our lives, we find the the moments and the people, like, it's almost as if there is, like, we're supposed to meet some people in life. Did you feel like that was a moment for you? Do you feel, like, uh, I feel like maybe we have some of the sort of similar, like, sociopolitical, yeah. religious ideals, maybe, ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might be on yeah. the same line. I mean, like, you know, it. It's like the, the the classic argument between free will or predeterminism, right? Yeah. I I think that's a false dichotomy of it's it's a paradox. It's because of the way our brains are wired. We're binary creatures. You know, everything we do is is black or white, yes, no, on or off. <laughs> yeah. Um, two eyes were bisymmetrical and it's very hard for us to actually get beyond that. I mean, we can, we can only glimpse it. And, and I definitely believe that, that when viewing the past, it does 
appear, and maybe it is true, I wouldn't know because my brain is so small in this giant <laughs> universe, but it does appear that there's some evidence of a predetermined path. Yeah. But now... You know how I've, you know how I like to look at it is as if it's like certain people have a certain uh, magnetism, like a certain like a certain pull and a certain draw that has an ability to connect the like-minded. I use the term I want to use the term frequency as if uh, just as an example, like a certain number of people are tuned to 105.3, and that just makes people who right. are in that tune have a tendency to bind together as if they have some like parts that bring them together that are somehow subconsciously slightly stronger than the like that work maybe under the radar of free will on some level. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And I think I think the the a trap is is when we see life as either or and I think, like, that happens in a po- a politics all the time. And I, I know I'm going to piss off so- somebody out there. <laughs> One person. But it, it's like with this current zeitgeist happening out there with um, police brutality shooting cases. Yeah. Every one of these is not the same. Sometimes... The cop is totally in the right. And most people have no idea what it's like to actually be a cop. Yeah. And and to, to have to address unknowns constantly and all the time. Yeah. And then there's the, the Trayvon Martin, where clearly, to me, Z- Zimmerman is a vigilante who's self-armed, who has no backup, no uniform. Yeah. St- startles a young kid they get in a altercation the kid is beating him up and he shoots him yeah and i, I mean to me it's clear Again, looking for fights right like exactly look, what we were yes about. he was looking and if anybody had a right to stand his ground it was trayvon martin yeah and, but then and even further we get to see for more examples of it as the guy continues to show himself as a fucker. yes and... but then and then but then Michael Brown, who's, you, you know, I mean, arguably a 200-plus-pound thug who just committed a strong-arm robbery, yeah. basically does it not obey the lawful order of a cop, and again, you know, attacks him and gets shot. He is not the hero to rally behind. He's the crook. You know, I mean, it's, so every case to me seems totally different. But when you talk to right wingers, oh, of course, the but Trayvon Martin was was a burglar, the case <laughs> in the place. And like, no, he wasn't. He was kidding. Skittles talking on the phone. He was startled. Yeah. And I, I mean, every case is the same. And then on the left, they see all the cops as, oh, the cops started. And he's best like, no, the cop is doing his lawful job. Yeah. You know, it goes back so- again to what we were talking about. Like, if you had never had the experience of being in an altercation, like a real-life altercation, where you're not sure whether this is going to get pushed to a life-or-death situation, which with cops, I guess a lot of people don't put into perspective that 
in their case, every altercation is a life and death moment. It's, it, it can be. Uh, I mean, I mean, in, in terms of like yeah. not just like pulling somebody over, like you're worried that you're going to get shot, but yes. I mean, like if if it's there's somebody if if the the kid tried to take his gun, that's a clear sure, indication that your yes. life is in danger, right? But clear now, I was a cop years ago, briefly, but I don't even want to get into that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like in but jujitsu, if it's okay, but the MMA, a fan, the 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 fat guy. I'm gonna just paint you a picture. The <laughs> fat guy, he's got his tap out shirt, but drinking beer. He's watched way more MMA, more hours of it than I have. I guarantee it. Yeah. Does he? Do, but he doesn't train. But from his point of view. He thinks he knows more about it than I do. Yeah. And in some ways, he maybe he does, right? It's like me as as a white male, I have no idea what life is like as a black male. Right. I have no idea what life is like as a woman. Yeah, you don't um, even know what life is like for another white male in particular. Right, <laughs> right. I'm like the MMA couch a fan watching being like, man, if I was there, I would have done this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and I just think, I think people have a really hard time. All of us, me included putting ourselves in another's um, shoes. And it's like one of the beauties of reality based combat martial arts and sports is by the time you're, really a brown belt but new black belt is you can almost put yourself into your opponent's body and shoes uh-huh. and that's that a connection it, it you're feeling what they're doing and stuff imagine if you could like have that same experience without grappling or a boxing you would definitely have a closer understanding of how others feel, think, and react, and how the world perceives them and, and stuff. So martial arts is an awesome learning tool. Like, but, a, like an indicator to give you empathy, almost, right? Yeah, it uh, can Like be. a psychic ability, almost. Yes, it can be. But at the same time, I mean... I mean it, it's almost like in the American marketing mindset, the way we've sold martial arts as this spiritual way of life, self defense, all that. It can be. Sure, yeah, yeah. As can a basketball. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ballet. But you but can also be a giant fucking asshole. For sure. And be really good at the jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, but, it doesn't take that away necessarily. Yes, you can still be a gigantic fucking self-absorbed jerk yeah. and be really good at any other sport or art. Uh, like musicians are an example. There's all kinds of incredible, incredible songs out there that are moving and they're full of empathy and spiritual meaning at least in my head, when yeah. I hear them, but 
some of the artists that I'd kind of met doing like VIP work and all that stuff, you know, they really aren't their songs. They're just the people who yeah. have have s- selfishness experiences and times where they're not. And it's like with religion, what we do is we, us humans want we want to have heroes we want to have idols we want to have have myths and i watch this happen in jujitsu all the time where the founders become almost religious icons yeah you know can i tell you something yeah, I, um, and this is something I feel like a little bit like I almost feel like I don't want to say it out loud, but I'm I'm, I'm such an individual that I can't imagine any time that I can refer to another man as master. I can't do that either. Um, I just can't. Um, and it's, it's no, and I mean no, no disrespect to anybody who chooses to use a word like that or. Like, but- Absolutely. And I may compliment a guy, be like, whoa, dude, you're the master yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, totally different. Moment. But as a title, I have a hard time. Now, for some reason, if I say maestro, it seems okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Like, but to me, a, um, a corral belt I can call you a maestro, but I'm not going to call you master. Because that almost sounds like I'm, I'm completely okay with a leader. Like even it, Yes, but the, the meaning of the word is the same in a way. But when you say it in, in an American English context, to me, when I say master, it means I'm saying you're perfect. And, and I definitely do not believe that anybody is ever a perfect. We're all practicing whatever it is, putting in our hours, putting in our time, learning how much we don't know. Yeah. And I mean, somebody who would maybe have a title of master is really working to like disprove themselves at all times, right? Like to really challenge their own beliefs or their own thoughts or something. Or should be maybe. Yeah. Now, martial arts, because of its, its nature of controlling other human beings bodies that's what we do whether it's punching them striking them throwing them whether it it's the reality based arts which we do or even the fantasy arts of of you know beautiful kung fu backspin twirls (laughs) martial arts lends itself so easily to gurus because people want power. Everybody, whether they will admit it or not, is after power. And, you know, power in their lives, control in their lives at, at a very primal um, level. And so the martial arts not only attracts a personality type that loves having power over others, uh-huh. being a guru, but it attracts those who seek to have a guru in the same way that religion does. Well, you know, like if I'm selling jujitsu to somebody and like I'm trying to get more people into the gym or whatever, right. uh, the use of, of – uh, and even though it's true, it's not anything I'm making up, but the use of telling people who are coming in that we're like a big family. 
Like we're all here yes. working together yes. as a family. We yes. we go outside as a family. Like we really are a fan. And it's the truth. It really is. It, sure, sure. But absolutely. that doesn't mean that somebody just doesn't leave and they're gone forever as well. You know, like right. your family members usually keep in touch when they leave. But a lot sure. of times in jujitsu, people get up and go. So, but that's a, definitely a sales technique which you would find in a cult, in a gang, yes. in any in, of those. In a gang, in a, and, and there are numerous am- amounts of martial arts cults. Yeah, th- th- there's even one that's pretty occulty in our our sport, our art. Uh, I won't mention the name because many have left that. But they will say it is really culty the, the way their leader has the top down. I'm the supreme leader approach. Yeah, and and, and which and is that, pretty natural in, when anything becomes a structure, a system. Tended, yes. has a tendency to to build those things and those people. Not yes. not in like a nest in a, not in like a like I'm better than somebody. But I think um, structures tend to build like push. It pushes structures tend to push people to the bottom and push a couple people to the very top. Yes, it, it well, creates a hierarchy dynamic, uh-huh. and which is also again very natural. I mean, all primates have that hierarchy at a primal level, at our animal, at our most base animal um, level. We're very tribal, right? And in some ways, that's a very a good thing. And in other ways, as we, quote unquote, culturally evolve, some of those things aren't as good. It's having the alpha male being very in a control was clearly a beneficial evolutionary trait for tens of thousands of years. But as we enter the post in modern age is it so much that valuable anymore does that actually inhibit your success in life sticking to a tribe and we could could see that in terms of economics like looking at how people are affected by uh big multinational conglomeration corporations that like say a walmart where a very small amount of people are making lots of money of course employing a ton of people who are making just enough to get yes. by whereas if the just communi- enough yeah if the community were different and it was all privately owned businesses by the people who lived in that community uh maybe we would see a a, a larger step up from that group of grouping of people or absolutely and i am very proud to actually say that i have only shopped in a walmart one time <laughs> And it was my motel at a seminar I taught in West Texas, which was really depressing, where <laughs> where it was the, the town was completely run down. That it was it, it was your typical one Walmart town. Yeah, it was the only place I needed an iPhone, but charger I can't remember. And it was near yeah. the motel, and I was bored. And you know. Uh, the, the, your only option of news is o- o- O'Reilly and Hannity, and <laughs> yeah. a, a, and um, oh, dude, that you... was the only time I ever went into and shopped at a Walmart, a, and I thought, God, this is just fucking depressing. The uh, Republican debates, I think, are happening tonight. I don't think they. But, but tomorrow night. Tomorrow. But tomorrow night. Yep, and I am excited about them. Um, 
You know, I love conservative values. Uh huh. I, I think conservatives are so necessary as a base established. It's like but jujitsu, our foundation, our fundamentals. Uh-huh. That's a conservative thing, right? But and then you, learning all, you think all people, the new stuff. Do you think but, people who who take that title? Uh, it's almost like the MMA guy on the couch with the tap out shirt. It seems like uh, the idea of what conservatism was is not actually what is conservatism now. And maybe that's a whole another long topic, but well, it's a huge one. And they would argue that liberalism has changed as well. Uh, And that's fair. That's a fair argument. And I would say that being a leftist has changed, but liberal liberalism in and of itself is changed. That's the, that's how we define it. Conservatism is maintaining the, status quo right. now uh, some may call the, them like the term progressive i think is maybe but progressive is another term yeah, yeah. um p- people i th- mistake all the time and i love politics I, I, it's yeah. what it's religion and politics philosophy are my favorite topics yeah. i will discuss them with anybody anytime <laughs> um the the mistake that people make is they assume that if you are Republican, you are conservative, and if you're liberal, you are a Democrat. And that's not necessarily true historically or even currently. I believe within all of our own heads, part of us in our head is a little bit liberal, and part of us is a little bit conservative. Yeah, and that comes with age too, right? Like things change over time. And the game of politics is to the parties and the, the the political party infomercials that we have, which is Fox News and MSNBC, yeah. are trying to convince you that the conservative part of your brain is the bad part and the liberal is the good part or the other. Or vice versa. Yeah. 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 Um, so if, when you talk to a, a tea a party guy and you mention the word liberal they see that as a bad word yeah e- even though they don't they might not really know what that word means yeah and that but if you ask them if if they believe their wife should be allowed but to wear pants they'll be of course and i'll <laughs> go well 50 years ago that was a liberal idea that was uh, th- that women could vote was a liberal idea that slavery was bad was a liberal idea. The country itself could be argued was founded on then it was liberal ideas of that you don't have to be a king or the aristocracy to be a called a sir. That right. we could all be sirs. Yeah, and that's America. like the master thing. It's very similar to yes, the same principles. Yes, very much. And those were at the time radically liberal ideas. And the modern American conservative has such a hard time, and I believe as a result of right-wing media, which is propaganda, and there's left-wing propaganda out there, has convinced so many, especially white Americans, that they're losing power, that whether it's the immigrants are going to get your power or the blacks are running wild and rampant <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's it's the same old fear-based uh, politics. And the left occasionally baits it, too, with race and uh, fear as well. And, of course, any Republican hearing this right now is cringing, wants to reach across the screen and strangle my neck and cite all kinds of examples of, of how fucked up the left is and how yeah. wrong they are and, and how it ends up into communism, socialism, <laughs> and and they also have a valid argument. There is definitely a point to that. And and so my point is it's not either or. It, it's understanding that both sides have a valid argument and they have a fatal flaw. Practicing pure conservative old school jujitsu, it has a value and it has a flaw. Practicing yeah, yeah. only the new stuff has a value and has a flaw. Yeah. Painting only in black and white is bitching, <laughs> yeah. but it, but it also has a flaw. You know, it's. I think. So the point the, is, we're damned if we do, and we're damned if we don't, right? So just, absolutely. Just dig it while we're at it. Because we are trapped. We 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 are. Our brains cannot escape black and white. The duality thinking. The duality. Everything we do is is somehow we we make models of ones and zeros in our brain, yeses yeah. and nos, to create a shade of gray. But it's never we can never really grasp because our we are trapped in a dimension of of understanding through our limited eyes, ears, nose and other various smaller proprioception things we're yeah. just so limited and i just think it's absurd when, when when people are so convinced that that they know stuff yeah and that's i i think maybe we evolve to a place where our understanding of one another is at such a high level that we are able to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes I already feel like I'm doing it. You know, like I, when I was a teenager, I got put, I was um, in, I, I got trained to be a uh, peer tutor, like a peer moderator. Like almost, right. like basically right. I got uh, an education in psychology, you know, cool. to be a awesome. therapist yeah. almost yeah. to, to a certain yeah. extent. And, yeah. um, ah, fuck, I forget what my point was going to be. What, what was I just saying just before that? What it was going to be is anybody who needs to study psychology needs a shrink. Yeah. I'm kidding. No, <laughs> no that, there's no doubt about your that. Your point was... No, I forget what the point was. Was empathy and understanding Okay, others. yeah, that's what... Uh, yeah. So we, we would have to do drills, basically, right? To where we would have to role-play situations where we did have to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes for a moment. In right. terms of being able to have... The, the point was that there was two two people who had a problem. Me, as the third-person moderator, had to put myself both in the shoes of each of the person's problems, see where they were coming from, see what points they had that were valid, which points that were uh, misleading, whatever, and then come to a conclusion amongst all three people of a, a sort of solution as to deal with the problem that wasn't fighting or, you know, screaming or right, acting right, out right. in school. And so I got taught that in, a, you know, at a time where my brain is pretty malleable uh, as a teenager, a young teenager. And right, right. I think over time, 
and you know, a, along with another other things. Yeah, and, and maybe we as humans, uh, the more that we're sort of interconnected into, even though we're sort of disconnected, maybe sometimes socially. We are yeah. interconnected through each other's thoughts now. Even if it's like as bullshit as a selfie, we are sort of implanted into what's going on in another's mind. And we I feel are. like, yeah. you know, I think a lot about like how often like let's say somebody's pet dies or like somebody's having a hard time and then translate that into the uh, road rage opportunity to get in a fight. Like – I don't know if that person's grandma died that day or like absolutely know, yes if you called somebody yeah. a fucker or like a motherfucker the day their mom died or something you'd be a shithead if you knew that that was the case or that that could possibly be the case maybe you'd never act out like the shithead that would do something like that you know but to me just because i've been having this a uh, talk a lot with in the last week because it's in the news Abortion it is like one of those um, arguments where I, I, I mean, I could definitely I, I get the logic of the conservative pro-life argument that I mean, clearly, if human life has a starting point, yeah. it is when, when the sperm goes to the egg, the gamete, the zygote to the embryo, the visa, I, I mean, like. I mean, personally, I view life as a process, not an event. Um, but I can see how the conservative believes that that's when life starts. And if you have if you kill that, then you're killing a child. The problem with that one side note is the attachment to ideology from psychotic religion but yes, in other, yes but if, from a logical standpoint i feel like there is valid argument there when you take away the religious antics of it there is val- right. validity right but then here here to me is the flaw is when it's there they act like they're pro children you you're killing babies and children it's like if you were really that concerned about the children you would be volunteering at an orphanage or helping unwanted but children and their 15-year-old pregnant mothers <laughs> yeah. or or that poor single mom who's who's having her third child with two dads and, and like going, no, I can't have another one. Yeah. Um, I, I work at Walmart. And in the and, true conservative, like Randian way where you go out of your way right. to do something yes. because you it's, want to do it, not because you feel like you have to. Exactly. To go to heaven and, or whatever. Yeah, and I, I mean, as a Tea Party anti-welfare guy, why would you be for anything that puts more unwanted kids in the world that are going to end up on welfare and in prison? Yeah. I mean, it to me, it's like the whole argument falls apart. If you were really that much about love for the child, then you would be volunteering to help all of those unwanted but children, you'd be against war that kills all kinds of pregnant women yeah. in wars, yeah. um, or humans but, in general. But 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 the pro life movement picks <laughs> what they pick is the easy the easy path, just like the it, bully looking for the easy. Yes, it's it, it, it's it's the easy path to to say I'm pro life. What they really are, they're pro birth. They're not pro life. They're pro birth. Yeah, which to me. Is you're you're taking away the right of that woman to actually 
uh, choose. So as much as 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 because I am a true academic liberal, meaning I try to really see your point of view, I really do get their viewpoint. I, I even on a Christian thing, I understand why how they would derive it. But to me, it seems like they're it's such a simple way of viewing do i love life and if you yeah. love life th- then being against a woman getting rid of an unwanted embryo or fetus even is just you're not pro life you're pro birth yeah Sweet man, I think that's a good spot to uh, to end it on. I know. Oh, we can't end it on that. Now all the Christians are going to hate me. I love, <laughs> I love, I and I just I will just <laughs> say like a couple of my black belts are ultra conservative, but Christians they are the coolest, most honorable, kindest, well, honest. Guys, I know. Yeah, not and, th- we're not throwing anybody under the bus. Just con- right, and, just concepts and ideas. We're being and critical. And I trust of. these guys with my life, and they would love to stand here and refutate all my arguments. <laughs> and I and I welcome them because I'm an academic liberal. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, where can um, if people want to come train with you? Is that an option? Is uh... I would love if yes, my mats are are totally open. I, I'm into that whole open source. Show you my moves. Um, it, I'm in my garage in Redondo Beach. They can shoot me a text because I rarely answer my phone. Four two four two four one eight seven 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 four two four two four one eight triple seven or Facebook message me um, and you guys are welcome to come train in my garage. Um, you can come in and explain why I'm so wrong and all my <laughs> liberal bullshit. Softy communist opinions, but which you I'm might at- you might get choked out for it afterwards. Yeah, but I will say last point: I'm actually very pro military and le because I think one of the reasons why I, I, I think America is such a great a country because we are free, and and the, the re- I, I would rather have America be the ones who have the strong military than. Russia or ISIS, right? So I'm down with the strong. I would would much rather everybody just be nice to one another. I would love that as well. Um, (laughs) Maybe when we grow our next layer of brain beyond our prefrontal cortex, we can get there. That's a good spot to end it on. All All right. All right, my brother. Let's do um, internet dap. Can I get some knuckles from you? Bam. Boom. I want to thank you again for um, for taking the time to shoot the shit with me. Uh, I hope to come up to the garage and get some rolls within with you in soon. I think we're gonna we're gonna try to set up another artist role here soon. So, yes, we have to have one. We we gotta have one over here in my garage too. Here, I'm, I'm gonna Let's walk. make it happen. I'm just gonna walk over so you can see the garage. I know it's beautiful. I always I like I like the wall like the history wall up there looks awesome. I always. What's your Instagram? My Instagram is chrishowderart.com. 
And right over here is Mads Brunel, my newest black belt. What's up, brother? From Mads is from Denmark. He's a Viking. He is five and zero pro MMA. He looks like a Brazilian almost. He does kind of, huh? <laughs> we all look Brazilian. We're all Brazilian now, buddy. That's right. Our ears and fingers are definitely Brazilian. That's right. We're all Brazilian now. All right, my brother. Thank you again, and uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, buddy. Bye. All right. Bye. That was my chat with Mr. Chris Howder. Uh, awesome guy. Interesting conversation. Um, we didn't get that much into art, but... Uh, I think we, we touched on some topics that, that artists think about and discuss in their daily lives. So I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, big thanks again to our friends over at floatsd.com. That's F-L-O-T-S-D.com. You can follow them at Instagram underscore F-L-O-T underscore. Um, go get your float on. They're in downtown San Diego for the local listeners. Uh, check them out. Downtown San Diego, down by the uh, by the train station at Santa Fe Depot. Uh, you can call them 619-855-3568. FloatSD.com. Big thanks to them. All right, so uh, we will be back uh, probably next week. Thanks for listening. Follow me at Mike Maxwell Art on the Twitters, the Instagrams. I'm on the Snapchats. I do Periscopes too. Look for me on the Periscopers. If you follow on Twitter, you can probably find the links there. And that's about it. So thanks again, guys, for listening. Kisses. The number one be the same. It's when they get They want to be, they're always wearing smiles, I guess they go with